Welcome to the Women in Veil podcast. I'm your host, Erica Etienne. On this show, I have real conversations with women who remove their masks and share uncut and unfiltered stories of faith, redemption, sacrifice, and more. No subject or story is off limits. The Lord can use everything you've gone through for your good and His glory. Each week, you'll learn about God's faithfulness, the truth of His power, and how He is present in every trial, just as He promises. Let's get into this next story. Okay, so today we're going to talk about how to go from religion to relationship. If you are anything like me, I grew up in church. I was taught all the things to do to be a good Christian. I, I would say I had sound biblical teaching as far as the context of which the word was preached. However, nothing stands out more to me than the rules of what I could and couldn't do. I need that, I think, better than I should be in love with God, that I should have a relationship with him, that I should spend time with him. I don't remember any of that being taught to me in church. I don't remember any emphasis on that. I don't really actually remember hearing anything about having a relationship with God until I was an adult. Uh, and I think like something clicks at some point that, you can't be perfect and there's no perfect behavior or, or pattern life that's going to happen. And you need more from God than a, a set of rules to follow. And don't get me wrong, obedience has its place and it's very crucial to our relationship with God. But we will find in the relationship that the desire to obey God becomes stronger through relationship than anyone sitting down a list of rules in front of you and telling you, hey, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this or you don't do that. I mean, I grew up in the church where, you know, on the first Sunday, the ladies were white. Uh, you had communion. You knew when to stand. You knew when that you knew when you could speak. You couldn't speak. You knew that it's probably better that it's probably more acceptable today but you know there was a time where a lady in the church should probably have on a dress or a skirt rather than pants and you dare not wear a pair of jeans right so all of those things are religious behavior and not necessarily reflective of a relationship with god i remember thinking like a small a small mistake was a one-way ticket to hell like god was going to strike me down if he caught me in the midst of a sinful act and i was never taught really that that wasn't true and wasn't anyone to dispel those thoughts that i had about how god would respond to me that i'm here to tell you that god wants a relationship with you god wants to be in communion and fellowship he wants a loving relationship with you his spirit literally dwells on the inside of us. So that shows you his desire to be near you, which is deeper and more important than a set of rules. And again, I feel like I have to put these disclaimers in here because we can hear that and like think, hey, now I have a license to go live my life however I want. Again, through the process of sanctification, through growing and reading your word and loving God, your desire to willfully sin against them will, will decrease. So kind of how do you go from religion to relationship? It sounds easy. And I honestly feel like the newer generation gets this a lot better than we do, but we can all learn, right? So 
I believe we have to go back to our first love. If you think about your first love and the first time you laid eyes on that person, encountered that person, or when it started to click that you felt something deeper, that kind of pooling that you had inside those butterflies, if you could keep that forever, it keeps, I, I mean, it just feels amazing, right? That we call it puppy love or whatever, but it's sustained over time. But those initial pullings, they do something. So think about that first time when you accepted Christ or, okay, if you were a kid and you were like five or six, you might describe this different, differently. And I'm not going to take away a child that accept, accepts the Lord early. But if you were older, there was some kind of unction in your spirit, some kind of pulling that drew you into the Father. And maybe that happened in church. Maybe it was a conference. Maybe it was at home, a small group of friends. Who knows? Well, there was something that stirred in your spirit that made you want God more, that made you want Jesus, that to say, yes, I want to accept him. And that, that closeness, that pulling you felt, it's not something you've done. It is literally, you love him because he loved you. He loved you so well. Something was conveyed to you in such a way that it drew you in. In First John 4, 9, 19 it says we love because he first loved us it's a response our love for him is a response to how he loves us and they say there's nothing like that that zeal that you have when you first get saved over time it's hard to keep that some people when they first encounter jesus they want to tell everybody about it they want everyone to know his presence everyone to know the way of his glory and that feeling to feel consumed by his presence and that's what we have to press back to. And maybe it won't be like it was in the beginning, but it doesn't mean that you can't pursue that. In um, Mark 12, verse 30, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And we see that in the gospel. And it's like every part of you should love God. Every part of you should respond to the love that he gives you. And when you get back to that place, it makes it a little bit easier to transition from following a set of rules to just embracing the nurturing relationship and loving relationship that God wants to have with you. And one way to do that is by spending time with, with God without an agenda. A lot of times we're like, oh, wake up in the morning and do your devotion. Then do your prayer time or do your prayer time, do your worship time. On Sunday, do this. On Wednesday, do that. Make sure you do A, B, and C. And you're checking all these boxes, but you're missing out on just the, the beauty of being loved by God. I recently told someone, just turn on some worship music, turn on some uh, prophetic music, and just let the love of God wash over you. And just let his presence just dwell in the space that you're in. Even if you're doing something team, allow God to be with you without an agenda. Um, sometimes we can become so routine in what we're doing with God that it's not even enjoyable anymore. It's just a, a task to be completed for the day. It's such a habit. We do it with rote mem memory and then we don't get much out of it. And so he wants more to more from you than that, more with you than that. Invite him into your day. Ask God, what do you want me to wear today? What do you, what, which way do you want me to drive? What decision do you want me to make on this? 
you know, what, what do you want me to cook? Just converse with him. And it may seem very odd, like God has bigger and better things to do than that. But if you treat this relationship like any other relationship you have that you, where you need to know someone and grow with someone, those are questions. Those are things that you would want to talk about. And so there's nothing wrong with asking God those things. Um, a lot of times when I'm indecisive about what to wear, I'm like, Lord, what, what do you want me to put on? Because I can't figure it out by myself. And he will draw my eyes to something and it'll be instant. Like, oh, that makes perfect sense. You know, yes, I'm aware of that. Lord, I was looking at that shirt. Oh, I forgot I had that dress. And it's a blessing to know that he cares. And so think about how, when you're in love with someone, you tell them everything. You want them to be a part of everything concerning you. And so God wants the same. This is your father. This is the cre- your creator. And what more, why wouldn't he care about the little things in your life as much as he does the big things? He wants your vulnerabilities, but he also wants your wins and your losses, everything about you. Sean chapter three, verse one says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Like, I love my kids. I love my kids so much. And I will lavish all my love on them. And so what great greater love is it that the creator of the heavens and the earth loves us so much that he refers to us as his children. And so as, as a child, if you, you know, have parents or guardians that you love, you talk to them. You know things about them and you consider them. You ask them for their opinion, you value what they have to say. And so God just wants the same thing. Another thing is to nurture your relationship with God. Like imagine if you were dating or if you're already mad, married, think about before you were married. If someone could give you a book that talks about everything you need to know about this person, the critical important things, if you could read up on their character, their interactions, their history, habits, or what have you, if someone handed you that book, you would gladly read it because it might save you some time in your relationship journey. Well, we have the word of God. And unfortunately, a lot of us don't read it enough. And God's character is all in and through that. The glory of who he is is reflected in that. What he's always thought about us is reflected in that. We can't say that about any other people that we have relationships with. And so be selfish about getting to know God and about drawing near to him and about learning who he is. You can learn his character. You'll learn his ways. You, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the God of the Bible is still the God of today. But you won't know that unless you read your Bible. And you got to read it for yourself because I can quote scripture to you, your pastor can, but you should read those words. And the, the word of God is living. It's alive and well today. And so when you read it, he will give you revelation about himself. He will reveal himself to you through his word. And you just have to be open to learning and listening to what he's saying and speaking through his word. And so nurture that. Nurture that the same way you would any other relationship. It'll help you understand what you believe. As you study Jesus, you will see Jesus in the Old Testament through the scriptures. The prophetic piece of it and how it manifests in the New Testament. 
you read the gospel with a new set of eyes. You'll read, you will see God from the beginning to the end. And I tell you, as you read the word and you nurture that relationship, the word of God through time and patience and being in his presence, there's nothing like it. No one can take that away from you. You will know him in a way that no one else can add or, or, or strip you of the truth of what God has revealed to you through his word. Relationships take time. They take communication. And so everything I've talked about today has been about that. It's openness. It's learning. It's growing. And we do that just fine when we're in relationship with people. And it is absolutely no different than when we're in relationship with God. As we draw near to the Father, he will draw near to us according to James 4 and 8. God's not calling us to check boxes. He is calling us to himself. If you want that relationship with God, rather than the religious habits and behavior, come on in to his presence and he will put you into himself in a way that you probably may have never experienced. And if you have, he will draw you even deeper into relationship with him.